Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Duke podcast, sponsored by Bet Online. I'm your host, Sheldon Williams, and here's your co-host, Steve Wiseman. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Sheldon, good to be with you again. We've had a busy uh, couple of weeks here at Duke basketball. We're getting right in the thick of it here with ACC play, right? We got, right. Uh, we're taping this on Friday, and uh, uh, they play Syracuse tomorrow on Saturday, and then Clemson, and then it's four games in 10 days, right? Because the yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame game got rescheduled for the 31st. So um, we are in the thick of it, and uh, there's lots to talk about for sure. Yes, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you've been kind of paying attention outside of ACC, but it's been crazy around the whole you know NCAA you know all these top ranked teams are falling and it's who's who's game any any night you know that type thing so it's been kind of as a fan I love the chaos just because it's not predictable but also as a person who has a favorite team you don't want to have the chaos happen to your team you want to see that to everybody else you want to see that to your team (laughs) exactly right yeah I mean um you know, Baylor looked like pretty much unbeatable, right? They've been like the team of the pandemic. Right, uh, right. They, they, they won the championship. They kept they had this winning streak going into this year. And then they lose twice. Back know? to back. Yeah. Who yeah. Thought, and one of them at home, they had a big yeah. lead over Texas Tech. Right, right. And they let that get away. But that's just, uh, you know, we got chaos going on here in the college basketball a little bit. I guess it's just January. You know, kids get back from the you know, start the new semester. Um, you're in conference play now, so you're playing in road venues. Um and people have to adjust. And we could talk about that getting specifically about Duke right now because the last four games are two and two. Right. Uh, you know, lost to Miami at home, then beat Wake, beat uh, beat NC State, looked pretty good in those two wins, and then lost the heartbreaker the other night at Florida State uh, in overtime, which was, a, which was a terrific basketball game, just a great basketball game. Right. Um, great atmosphere and all that. But, yeah, we're seeing Duke go through some adjustments. Uh, A.J. Griffin is now in the starting lineup. You're right. Uh, right. He started the last three games, and he actually hasn't played as well as he did when he was coming off the bench. So, <laughs> right. especially his first game being a starter at Wake Forest, and he had like this breakout game. So he's like, oh, you know what? This is going to be AJ Griffin, you know, going out. And then yes. all of a sudden, you know, things kind of happen and everything. So we're not sure exactly what's going on with that. I'm not sure if it's a chemistry field type thing or if he got to get used to, you know, not being able to watch the game and get into it versus just jump right into the fire, that type thing. I know it was always adjustment for different freshmen, you know, that come into the, you know, the next level of basketball, which is college basketball. So I'm not sure if that's an issue too, but hopefully he's able to snap back. I mean, we've seen uh, him, you know, knock down threes, you know, sporadically throughout the, after the Wake Forest game, just hoping that it would catch on to become that same Adrian Griffin that, was doing that off the bench in that first game against Wake Forest. Yeah, and he, um, he uh, Coach K has said, you know, he's probably the team's best shooter. I think he's probably right. I think at this point, you know, you I want mean, somebody to hit, knock down a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think he's shooting the highest percentage, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so it's what they need. They need that, you know, you need a sharp shooter to come in and do it. And uh, so one thing that's different is he's a starter, so he's kind of more in people's, uh, game plan, right? right Defenses right. are planning against him. Right. I guess maybe that's part of it too. And, um, you know, the other night at Florida State, 
again, using coach K's words, he said it was the most physical game they'd played this year. And, and the team looked out of sync a little bit. AJ looked a little out of sync. There was a lot of turnovers that normally don't happen. So I don't know if that's, again, we're talking about specifically AJ here, how he needs to get adjusted to, to that level. Uh, you know, he was out for a while. I remember all that, but uh, uh, his role has changed. Uh, but the last couple of games, he hasn't shot as well. He shot really well against Wake. That was, again, a tremendous breakout game for him. And I thought, okay, we're about ready to take off here. He's going to be a lottery pick. He might, you know, be a first-team All-ACC player. He's playing like this. And then he's kind of come back to earth a little bit. So um, we'll see when they, you know, they're playing Syracuse tomorrow. His brother played at Syracuse, Alan Griffin, last couple of years. Um, the 2-3 zone uh, is conducive to a three-point shooter uh, having a good game, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what we hope for. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, a 2-3 zone, knowing that uh, we have somebody like uh, uh, Griffin that could be out there on the, on the three-point line, hopefully uh, kills will, one, not be affected by the, the leg injury um, and get out of this, this slump that he's been in for a while. You know, um, like the last game, I thought he's off to a, a good start when he hit the first three against Florida State. And then he had another three later on that first half, and then that was pretty much it the, from three from him and everything. So I'm just hoping that, um, you know, it only, it only takes one game. And hopefully that Syracuse game is set up for the shooters to go ahead and be able to shoot the ball well and then open up the inside for a big man, you know, Mark Williams, uh, who's been playing well as well, um, especially in that NC State game. He tried to come from my, uh, my record, and that NC State game, he tried to come for it. He tried to come for it. He was close. He was close. He tried to come for it, though. He was close. <laughs> close only counts in Northeast and hand grenades, right? Hand grenades, right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that was one hell of a performance. I mean, I'm telling you what. Um, that's the kind of game we've been kind of waiting for Mark to have this really breakout game this year, right? Mm -hmm. And that was just – I mean, he just was uh, just dominant. There's no other word to, to describe, you know, right. eight block shots and all that. I mean, just almost – Almost got that triple-double. He was almost added oh, to your list. Right, right, right. He, he almost added to the list. And they're like, hey, he's about to get the, the shot-blocking record, and he's going to be joining the three uh, triple-dub club. I was like, yeah. hey, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it, big fella. <laughs> but uh, and, and, and I do want to uh, – we're going to talk about uh, this a little later in the podcast about the Syracuse game in particular. We'll talk mm -hmm. about uh, his role, how, how they might attack the 2-3 zone. But uh, before we get too far ahead, I do want to – we do want to talk about the um, – the, the past few games here and, and uh, the loss to Miami, uh, you know, at home, the team, uh, uh, you know, turned the ball over 17 times. And that was, they were still coming off the COVID break. I know they weren't as winded maybe as they should have been conditioning is a little bit off, you know, you're getting, getting readjusted to each other again. Right. I know coach K talked about that. And then after that game is when they decided to make the change in the lineup. And they had a big meeting on the Monday morning. They were off on Sunday. The game was Saturday night. Monday morning, they get together at 7 o'clock. Coach K said they met for like an hour and 15 minutes. They, you know, he, he called it a come-to-Jesus meeting, right? It was like, okay, we lost a home game. Um, and they had to make some changes. And I'm just curious from your point of view, you know, what those kind of meetings are like and what, you know, what uh, we saw it impacted the team. They played really well the next few games. Right. I mean – we had had a few come to Jesus meetings you know, when I was in school. Uh, I will say that. Um, but, you know, one thing that has been constant through Coach K's career is we don't lose much at home. That's one thing that we always try to take care of home. You know, 
it's already hard enough as it is being on the road with, you know, a lot of people hating against Duke and everything, but home is something we try to take care of. And that's something that we take pride in. But with that Miami and give all credit to Miami, because Miami was playing really well, uh, unbelievable basketball um, up to this point. Then they wind up losing to somebody else that they shouldn't have lost to right after us, which is Florida State. Crazy. Yeah. Florida State. Yeah. I yep. thought they shouldn't have lost to Florida State that game, whatever. Um, but the way we were not taking care of the ball, like you said, 17 turnovers, that's been a constant with us now. Like we've been, this first part of the year, we were taking care of the ball. We were having like 10 and less turnovers. Right. And then now all of a sudden you start seeing those turnovers keep creeping up and creeping up and everything and keep, you know, shooting us in the, in the foot. And when we have a close game, we go back to like, oh, dang, those turnovers, if we just protected and controlled the ball, we would not be in this situation. But then on top of that, their guards, they were getting to the basket anytime they wanted. Like, right. I was like, where is the pride in our defense right now? Like, it was really, all right, whose turn is it? That type thing. And you're putting a lot of pressure, one, on the bigs because we're the last line of defense trying to make up for any kind of mistakes. So you putting pressure on Mark to try to either go out there and block every shot or risk getting in foul trouble trying to alter all these different shots instead of just uh, manning up and having these guys take pride in their defense. And it's one-on-one. It's man-to-man. It's one-on-one. And they was getting to the lane every chance they wanted. And that's something, that, one, it was not Duke basketball. And then two, the defense that Duke always put their pride in, I didn't see it that game. And that's something that really bothered me against Miami. Mm-hmm. I was proud of the way they jumped back at Wake Forest, but the way that we were just letting people come in and then all of a sudden we'll do it for the game and have pride in our defense. And then the very next game, we want the same thing all over again. And I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And we saw it uh, at Florida State the other night too. In fact, he switched to his own defense, a two-three right, zone. Right, right, and something uh, that Coach K don't really do as much because he's more of a man-to-man um, type coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did that, try to keep them out of the lane and all that. And then they went back to, you know, that 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 two-three zone keyed the comeback. Right, they they kind of slowed the game down. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida State only shot thirty-five percent for the game, so um, they did a good job of, especially down the stretch, of stopping their their uh, jump shooters and everything. But on the last possession of regulation when Evans drove down and made that shot, the high bank to force overtime, they'd gone back to man-to-man for that possession. And Coach K said, because we're a man-to-man team, that's why we switched back, you know. And, I mean, credit to him, he made a hell of a shot. I mean, you know, uh, I, I they didn't really give up the lane because he, he had to make a wild, you know, it was over top of Mark and everything. So, um, but the, the man-to-man didn't really work in that possession either. It's kind of what we're right. talking about, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it worked for a game, and then they go back to the next game and then forget all the stuff they did in a previous game. It's, it's, I, mean, I know we're a young team, so it still takes a little bit of time to try to make things a constant for us. But the defense has been slipping for us. And then also, the last few games – these teams have been getting so many offensive rebounds against us. Like they having all these second chance points against right. us. I mean, Florida State, credit to them. I'm not sure what it is about Florida State because for the last 20 years, every three years or so, we'll take an L at Florida State. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure what it is, but at Florida State, they play physical, as you saw against that game, and they play hard, especially at home. And they always have these tall slender 
uh, athletic, you know, just freak athletes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And they play really good defense. But for us to go against a team like that, and we're athletic and big as well, and not put a man on our, our body on our, on our man to block that person out, and then giving up, I think we gave up, what, 17 or 19 offense rebounds? 19, offense, yes, 19, 19 offense rebounds yeah. against yeah. Uh, Florida State. And I'm not sure how many was uh, converted to you know, two basket, two-point baskets and everything, but to give up 19 offense rebounds, you give them a, a chance to stay in the game no matter what you do on offense end. You can shoot the ball really well, but you always give the team a chance if you're giving up all these uh, offensive rebounds. And they've been doing that lately. And, and yeah, Florida State attempted 73 field goals in that game. Duke attempted 55. So 18 extra shots. Yeah. Okay. And so you can shoot 35%, but if you shoot 73 times, you're still going to score points, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. So, yeah. yeah, no, those are two subjects. I know you're right. You saw it. I saw it. The coaches saw it. Uh, they're certainly being talked about. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, that, that'll be um, addressed, I'm sure, going forward here. And uh, I am going to take a minute to step out here and talk about our sponsor, Bet Online, as you get ready to watch these upcoming Duke games and decide, you know, look at the, the point spreads. See if you want to, uh, which, which side you're going to bet on in other college basketball games. Uh, we are on the new betting year. It started at the 1st of uh, January, of course, and we're marching into the playoffs. The NFL playoffs are going on. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, please use our promo code, Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we talked about the, the problems that uh, the offense rebounding and some defense and all that. You know, in the middle of this, in between kind of sandwiched between those two losses, Miami and Florida State were some impressive wins over Wake and, and NC State. And uh, particularly, let's talk about the Wake game real quick because that's the game where, you know, Coach K got ill. Uh, it's non-COVID, but it was all the same uh, symptoms as COVID. And he say test negative every day. But anyway, he was not feeling well at all. Had to miss practice on the day before the game on Tuesday and hoped he could make the trip on Wednesday. And the doctors said, no, nah, you can't go, man. You got to stay here. So John Shire had to take over and coach the team. A little preview for next year. Um, what did you think about the way the team handled that whole situation, particularly coming off a loss and we're changing the lineup and AJ's in there? And just what did you think about that performance? Well, coming off a, a tough loss at home against Miami, uh, we knew that the team should be fired up to play against whoever they're going to play against. Um, unfortunately for Wake, it was against them. Um, but for them to change, I'm not sure because I'm not sure if it was a Coach K move or a John Shire move to insert um, Griffin into the lineup. It I'm was Coach sure K, that. yeah. They decided on that in that Monday meeting. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it was Coach K move uh, to insert him to the lineup, who has been playing really well up until that game where he never started, and then all of a sudden he gets that first starting you know spot and he shines. I think he wanted to have like 19 points or something like that. Whatever it was, he played he played really well. Played really well. 22 22, points. Yep. 22. Yeah, he had 22 points. Yeah, he played really well. And 
our guys responded, played with a lot of energy. You could see that they was actually enjoying playing with each other. Uh, you could see the talking, the emotions all out on the court, something that we would love to see as a fan because you want to see your team be emotionally involved as well. So seeing this and then seeing a preview of what Duke's going to be for the years to come, I had text John wrapping the game. I was like, I say, John, Coach Shire, <laughs> um, uh, right after the game. And I'm like, if this is what Duke's going to be in the next few years, future, however long you stay in, in that Duke, whatever, this is going to be great for Duke basketball. And I was like, you know what? I want to say, I give you a flower. So I'm like, I'm proud of the way that you actually coached this team and how you was out there on the, court, on the court with the team. So I'm looking forward to years to come of you coaching Duke basketball. You know, he hit me back saying, you know, he appreciate the love. Uh, you know, can't wait to see him uh, go, you know, go to a game live and everything. So and I will be at a game live um, next month, actually. Next month. I'm coming okay. to a game. I'm coming to a game. Um, oh, actually, it's going against uh, Florida State. Oh, perfect. Yes. There you go. Against Florida State. So, um, but yeah, going back to the weight game, uh, it was it was it was great to see them bounce back from a tough loss and respond the way they did. And like I said, I know we're dealing with a a younger team, so making sure that the routine and everything is day to day it might not be as consistent as a veteran team, but we need to work that out. And I think that we still have time to do that, even though that we're playing, like you said earlier in, in this podcast four games, like 10 days, you know, that type of thing. So it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to work a lot of things out when you're playing pretty much every other day. But that's something that uh, we're trying to figure out, the young team trying to figure out, and uh, we'll, we'll see. And hopefully by the time uh, ACC tournament rolls around, we are primed for wherever, you know, big lineup, small lineup, you know, whatever we need, we need to do. And that's the important thing here. And, and I've written this and people know it, that, um, Losses in January don't kill you. I mean, it's you don't want to lose games. Nobody, especially at home, right? When that's couch it with all that. But if you learn lessons from it, it should pay off in March. That that's the idea. Um, you can't lose too many. But right, back right. to the 2015 team, not the last time Duke won the championship. Mm-hmm. Lost home games. Uh, lost on the road at NC State. Came home and Miami put up 92 on them on Cameron and beat them. Right. And then two days later, they had to go play at uh, Louisville. And this is when Louisville was a top 15 team and coach K threw a zone out there and they beat Louisville on the road. And that kind of turned things around. Right. So, but they lost three games that January, that team did. Um, And uh, they still, you know, got it all together and only lost one more game the rest of the year. Right. Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. So Mm -hmm. my point is if you, if you, you take these L's, but you learn from them and you get better, that's, that's what's supposed to pay off here. And so, yeah, these next four coming up here, you know, Syracuse got to attack the 2-3 zone. I think they'll probably put Paulo probably in the middle of that, maybe, on when Duke's on offense, try to play the post-to-post game, maybe, with, with Mark, I would think. Um, uh, and then Clemson on Tuesday, uh, at Louisville on Saturday, and then at Notre Dame on Monday. A quick turnaround there because that game was re- rescheduled from because it was called off because of COVID. So that's what makes that tough. And I will say, as we taped this on Friday morning, that uh, there's no definitive word yet on Trevor Keels with the calf injury. I do know that he walked under his own power, like when he walked out of the arena uh, Tuesday night to get on the plane to fly home and everything. He was walking around. Um, uh, so that's a good sign. But uh, that, but 
there's no been no word yet about uh, I know they're still reevaluating trying to see what's going on, but there was concern that it was a knee injury. It turned out coach K said it's a calf. I don't know if it's a muscle or a tendon or something, in the calf that he sure did land awkwardly on that, on that play. So um, his availability will be, be a key here if these next four games, but if he is unavailable, uh, Jeremy Roach came back in played at the end of uh, regulation at Florida state played very well. Didn't turn the ball over. He's one of the few that didn't have a lot of turnovers uh, was key in that comeback. Um, you know, he's not, uh, he's not Trevor as far as his physical stature, but Jeremy's got a little more experience and uh, you know, he was in the lineup. Now he's out of the lineup. Maybe, maybe now he's back in the lineup. So let's see how he handles that. Right. What do you think about that Sheldon? Yeah. I mean, uh, for a younger player, even though he's more of a veteran player on this team, cause it's a young team. Um, I will say that, you're going to be tested throughout your career there. And for him to have this test early on, it's going to speak volumes to how he responds to this um, being inserted and then taking out the lineup and being reinserted and then trying to hold on to that spot and never let it go, that type thing. Um, will it be beneficial for a team going on? I don't know because we got to see how Adrian will respond throughout you know, his time as a starter as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that he will spark some small some offense for, for for us, you know, uh, as well as take care of the ball. But if he's able to spark some more offense with us, you know, uh, even hit those open shots, um, being able to get into the zone like he was doing and, you know, throwing up the mark and, you know, just being a, a good facilitator, that's something that we, we need too. So I'm hoping that the last part of the Florida State game is something that we can see throughout this next game as well um, against Syracuse if he does uh, start. But I'm hoping that, you know, coming from my experience, I I started my first two years, I'm sorry, my first two games my freshman year. And then I didn't play much for about a month, for about a month or so. And that was really tough for me because I came from a point where I started everywhere I went. And then yeah. go from starting to not playing much that was hard that was hard and then I got an opportunity where I think it was one game where Shab, uh, who who was starting at the time um Shav got sick and we were playing against uh Virginia at Virginia that I mean the, the game that uh Dante did a dunk and did the push-ups and everything okay but I had a I had a really <laughs> good game and that was a breakout game and then I was like you know what I'm not letting this starting spot go. So I did everything I could in my power to make sure that I stay on the court. And that's something that Jeremy Roach, if he really wants this, he had to do the same thing. Whatever he needs to do in his power, control the ball, because we don't we don't have a lot of people, you know, take care of the ball right now. That's a, a big plus, a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Take care of the ball. Hit the open shots. We need somebody that can be a consistent open shooter. We don't have that right now. We have somebody to do, you know, every now and then, but not consistently. So if he can do those two things on top of uh, facilitating the ball, I think he has a good shot of staying in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's just the little things he has to do, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. they sound like little, but they're really big things. And because there's so many other scorers on the team, right? I mean, you know, Paulo and Mark and, and AJ, when he gets going again, uh, Wendell, uh, you know, has been a big scorer this year. Jeremy doesn't have to go out there and try to score 15, 20 points a game. He needs to play defense, take care of the ball, be smart with his decision-making. Um you know, one thing I think that got him out of the starting lineup, frankly, was the end of the Miami game when uh, Charlie Moore, uh, this is when Duke was up 74-71. Uh, 
the 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 and one right Charlie the Moore got, play, yeah yep they're there I know that's something because that, Coach K just told him you know no fouls don't give up fouls don't give up threes let them drive I mean it's okay we'll get the ball back and make free throws and he fouled him and that led to my Duke losing that game so um uh so that's you know again talk about lessons learned he's got to learn was, from that it was almost the same type of play at Florida State. You know, we, they didn't foul, but it was still kind of same like little funky, uh, you know, running yeah. layup and everything. It was yes. almost the kind of same kind of play. Yeah, it was wild. That's right. <laughs> right That's right. Right. And you know what else? Let's talk about the end of the Florida State game again. Um, in overtime, uh, it's tie game, or Duke was up one. Yeah, when uh, Raquan Evans started to drive, and Jeremy got called for the block, and then Evans made the two free throws. Duke couldn't score. Florida State wins. Um, that play was bang bang. If you look at it, I, I've looked at the replay. And Coach K said he didn't think it was a bad call, but he didn't think it was a wrong call. But it could have gone the other way just as easy, right? It was one of those 50-50 calls. But Jeremy was in position. I don't think I don't think there's any fault with him on that one. Like he, you know, Evans kind of lowered his shoulder into him a little bit. Again, a 50-50 call. But um, it, I think it showed that that Jeremy, he first he cut him off from driving, unlike the Charlie Moore situation we're talking about. Right. So hopefully that was a lesson right. learned right there. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was unfortunately it didn't go in his favor, but I think he saw a stride from, like I said, it's almost a carbon copy of the same play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you saw the stride where he made an effort, a better effort to, you know, cut him off and everything, but you know, it didn't go our way. He winds up making a, a really tough shot. You know, that's sometimes how the, the way game basketball goes. I mean, you can do everything yeah. right too, and still don't go your way. You know, right. that type thing, too. So, but I mean, going down the stretch, you know, we had uh, Paulo who went straight, what, seven straight points down the stretch, uh, mm -hmm. assisted on two of them, uh, giving the ball to Mark for dunks and everything, mm -hmm. you know, getting us back into the game and everything. We want to take the lead. And then all of a sudden, that right there happens. And then, you know, uh, it was a 1.4 game uh, to go. They tried to do a uh, Duke UConn. Kentucky, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, throw down a down yeah. the field, a court, and everything, and then that, that didn't plan work. out, and then <laughs> going to overtime and everything. But uh, as I said before, I mean, Florida State is a tough team. They always play tough at home. That's something that uh, Leonard Leonard Helton, coach Leonard Helton, um, how he does his players all the time, where they have like a whole bunch of athletic, long, you know, just lanky, tough, yeah, you no know, people. Uh, yeah. to play for him and that's what he goes for and it's every time when you play at Florida State in Tallahassee he knows it's going to be a grind and for some reason for the last 20 years every three years or so we always have a tough time you know getting a win um, out of there so but uh, they always uh, play tough against us uh, but they play tough at home and great, great. They, they, they a good defensive team yeah and you're right they got there's a rematch coming next month at, at, at in Durham uh, and I, I know Duke would love for Miami to be for to have a second chance at Miami, uh, but they don't have them on the schedule again in the regular season. They maybe in the ACC tournament, but they do yeah. get another shot at Florida State, mm -hmm. and so I know they're going to want to, you know, welcome them to Cameron and uh, uh, the full throated Cameron crazies will be there. Hopefully, <laughs> well, hopefully they will. Uh, <laughs> right, so, right, right. This COVID does something stupid, but yeah, I know, um, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. We've had we've, this has been a joy to talk to Sheldon about. Uh, uh, breaking down this, this last couple of weeks of Duke basketball, big week coming up again, four games in 10 days. 
but we, uh, you can follow my coverage of, of Duke basketball in the News and Observer at newsobserver.com. Um, and uh, Sheldon and I will be back here to, uh, to talk about uh, the season that's continued. By the time we get together again, it'll almost be time for Duke Carolina episode one on February 5th in Chapel Hill. Um, and we'll have plenty to say about that coming up. So, yeah, uh, thanks for listening to us all the time. Reach out to us. Uh, find us on your on your favorite podcast services. Um, and uh, we'll continue to talk to you basketball all season. Yeah, stay tuned for more. Okay, thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.